Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Did you know that Black and White Sports is the largest independently owned conservative sports brand in the world? We have over 125,000 subscribers on YouTube and over 39 million views. Our episodes get more views than most ESPN programming every single day. And now we have exploded on podcast. We brought our episodes to podcast for you to enjoy at work, school, in the car, on the beach, wherever you choose to consume our audio. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Radio Public, Spotify, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Breaker. Subscribe now. Also, you can help sponsor the podcast for as little as 99 cents per month. The link is in the description on with the show. Let's talk about today's sponsor, Javi Coffee. Javi Coffee is the way I love to start off my morning. I work very, very hard for you guys to put out the best content possible. And I get my energy from Javi Coffee. Would you like to have that same energy that I have every single morning? Well, you should try Javi Coffee. And for you guys, you can actually get three bottles of Javi Coffee for only $16.95 per unit. Each bottle contains 30 servings. It will save you so much money from going to your local coffee shop. And by the way, folks, it actually tastes even better. You can use sugar. You can use mump fruit. I'm a low carb person. I don't like the carbs. This is keto friendly. And guys, it is super easy to make. Just put water in your cup. Add one teaspoon or two teaspoons of Javi coffee. Mix it up. Use whipped cream, sugar, mump fruit, whatever. And folks, it tastes absolutely amazing. So check out the link in the description or the pinned comment and get Javi coffee delivered to you today. Friends, let's face it. The future of America is looking worse each day. Those who are observant have the feeling that something really bad is going to happen soon. If it does, are you prepared? Do you have enough food, water, and other essentials to get you through tough times? If not, check out My Patriot Supply. They're the nation's number one preparedness company, and they've served millions of American families. Right now, you can save 25% off their popular four-week emergency food kit, which will keep you well-fed with four weeks worth of breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, and snacks. Totaling over 2,000 calories a day. This food stays fresh for up to 25 years in proper storage, so it will be there when you need it. In fact, you may need it a lot sooner than that. So don't wait. Go to preparewithblackandwhite.com and claim your four-week emergency food kit. You'll save 25% if you act now. That's preparewithblackandwhite.com. Don't wait. Do it today. I'm back, Rodrance, and we are going to talk about the Rhodes Rants. That's right, my quarterback ranks 
and it is also my projected starters for the 2021 NFL season. As you guys know, I do these quarterback ranks, and you get a two-for-one because you find out who I believe will essentially win the starting quarterback jobs for their respective NFL teams. Well, make sure there is a prelude to the NFL, uh, my NFL rankings for these quarterbacks. There, I do my rankings. I split them up into tiers, five different tiers. So that means there are actually six total podcasts to this series. There's the prelude. There is a tier five already available, and there is a tier four already available. And we are in tier three. Now, some could say this is sort of the meat of the league. Okay, this is sort of where we are at far as the largest group of quarterbacks of any tier that I have. I've got the most quarterbacks in this list. All of these quarterbacks, I believe, are capable if things are right, if things are perfect, if they have a good defense, if they have a quality coaching staff, I believe these quarterbacks could win a Super Bowl. However, these quarterbacks cannot carry a team on their backs, a la Tom Brady, a la Aaron Rodgers, a la Patrick Mahomes. And we even found out last year that during the Super Bowl, you better not run up against a great defense or at least a defense that is playing great like Patrick Mahomes did. So these guys are not going to be the elite quarterbacks, but they're sort of the bread and butter franchise quarterbacks. However, however, and I should come out and say this, um, these are guys that could be looking to be replaced. Some of them already have their replacements on the teams. Okay? Uh, On the team. So... Make sure you, as always, hit that subscribe button. This is a podcast exclusive. This will not go up on the YouTube channel. Uh, Make sure that you check us out. We are growing like crazy on podcast. Our brand is growing. Black and White Sports Texas Edition is available on the Newsbreak app. We cover exclusively Texas sports over there, mainly Major League Baseball in the NFL, but we do some college football over there. And there will, of course, be an expansion eventually when the XFL comes back. If the USFL comes back to Texas, we, of course, will cover all of that as well. And, in fact, that's kind of where black and white sports started was our channel was growing because of XFL coverage. Well, it was a nice little niche. And then, of course, the world... The world in sports exploded, and uh, everybody went crazy, and it really blew our brand and our channel up. So if you're new to the podcast and you have subscribed, we thank you very much. The podcast is growing. We have basically, uh, we've got thousands upon thousands of listens the last uh, six weeks or so. Since we have been, uh, we went to really, really putting an emphasis on making sure our episodes go up on podcast. 
Uh, of course, it is the audio from our YouTube videos, but we will have times where we get together, either myself and Matrix together or solo, and we will do these podcast exclusive uh, audio uh, audio programs. Okay, and in this case, I've got uh, not only my quarterback rankings, which we are doing right here, uh, but I will also be doing the NFL over unders, which are the projected win totals uh, versus uh, one of the major betting sites. Uh, you know, for example, if the Denver Broncos over under, according to DraftKings betting, is six wins, I will tell you where I've got them and why. Okay. In other words, I may say, well, no, the Denver Broncos may win seven games this year, and this is why. Or the Denver Broncos may suck ass, and they may win three games. Okay. And this is why. So that will be another podcast exclusive that is coming your way. Uh, I do tend to lean heavily on NFL content. It is where my bread and butter is. It is something, it's a sport that I have studied for years, uh, particularly quarterbacks. Um, it's why this was a perfect fit. It's why it's so great that this brand has grown. Because uh, I was always a sports junkie, uh, probably to the point of being unhealthy, <laughs> to be quite honest. Uh, but the fact is, I have always enjoyed the NFL. There was a time Major League Baseball was my favorite sport. Uh, however, that probably shifted around the late 90s, uh, even though I have watched the NFL I can remember watching the NFL and seeing the catch, the original catch, with Joe Montana and Dwight Clark. I am a 49ers fan. I remember that. It is my earliest memory of football. And, of course, um, that stuck in my mind. And then uh, growing up throughout the 80s dynasties of the 49ers, and, of course, we won the Super Bowl in 94 as well. Uh, so, my favorite quarterback, my favorite player of all time is Steve Young. Um, I guess I could do my my all-time favorite quarterback rankings at some point. Um, the fact is, people love rankings. Uh, they always have. I've always liked it. Um, I've talked about Chris Sims' quarterback rankings on this podcast right here. And um, there's some things that I will say this. Chris Sims' rankings are better this year, uh, but there's still some real head-scratchers on there. Uh, there are. Um, at some point, I might do an exclusive podcast just talking about his quarterback rankings uh, because, for example, I believe he had Cam Newton at 20. What have you seen that would possibly make you put Cam Newton as the 20th best quarterback in the league? He is not even in my ranking uh, because I don't think he's going to beat out Mac Jones for the starting quarterback job of the New England Patriots. Uh, so why waste my time? Um, that is what the prelude to this ranking podcast was all about. You can go listen and you will find out why are certain guys not on the list. For example... Why is Trey Lance not on this list? It's because I believe Jimmy G will win the starting quarterback job for this season. Okay. Um, so 
so I'm able to still talk about those quarterbacks. For example, um, I think Teddy Bridgewater ultimately wins the quarterback job for the Denver Broncos. So he made the list and Drew Locke didn't. But I'm still able to go through and talk about Drew Locke. Okay. So let's get to this. And this is how I've got this tier. This is tier three. This is numbers 16 down to nine. Okay. And this is how I sort of, uh, the sort of definition for tier three. These quarterbacks could win a Super Bowl. They must have a good team around them. They must have a great plethora. I love that word ever since uh, the three amigos. They must have a, a plethora of offensive weapons around them. And they need to have at least a good defense and a good coaching staff. Okay. Um, you know, a couple of these, it's certainly arguable whether or not they've got some of these quarterbacks are on this list and, and they're capable if the things around them equate to what I just talked about. But some of, some of these quarterbacks also don't have that. Okay. So most likely they won't be competing for a Super Bowl this year. All right. But these guys are capable. Let's get to this countdown right now. Number 16, Jimmy Garoppolo. That's right, the quarterback for my San Francisco 49ers. And Jimmy G is an enigma. Now, the one thing that um, a lot of people believe about Jimmy G is, well, he must not be very good because the 49ers drafted a quarterback. Well, it's never been about Jimmy G's play on the field for Kyle Shanahan. It has not. Uh, but there's a couple of things. Number one, do I believe that Kyle Shanahan wanted Jimmy Garoppolo to begin with? No. Uh, do I believe that Kyle Shanahan was talked into Jimmy G by John Lynch and Adam Peters? Yes. I do. I believe he was an option. He was an option on the spot. And he was an option for a second-round pick. And I understand why the 49ers pulled the trigger on Jimmy G. I think, personally speaking, I don't, I don't think Jimmy G gets enough credit. He's 24-8 and eight as a starter in his career. And Jimmy G is a very accurate quarterback. Um, he's good in the middle of the field. Um, I believe, personally speaking, Jimmy G's a better quarterback in Josh McDaniel's offense with the Patriots than he is in Kyle Shanahan's offense. Jimmy G is not Matt Ryan, and he is not Kirk Cousins, okay? He is not the prototypical uh, play-action quarterback, right? Um, he is, he is, he has thrived. He has looked better in that Tom Brady Patriots offense, in my opinion, than he has in Kyle Shanahan's offense, even though at times he looks really good in this offense, but Jimmy Garoppolo is losing his job in the, in, in San Francisco 
and his replacement was drafted for one simple reason, and that is injuries. It had very little to do with the play on the field. Now, a lot of his critics, Mike Florio, will uh, point to, well, the Green Bay playoff game. He only threw eight times. And there's one thing I don't believe Kyle Shanahan does, and that is, generally speaking, blow smoke up people's asses. And Kyle made a comment after that, and it was, Green Bay couldn't stop the run. And if you remember in that game, the Niners literally was running for eight to nine yards a carry. Eight to nine yards a carry in that game, in that playoff game versus Green Bay. And Jimmy G, I think, went six for eight passing. And Kyle Shanahan said, you know, when asked, why didn't Jimmy pass the ball? And he came back and said, why have him pass it when we're getting eight to nine yards a carry and you're keeping Aaron Rodgers off the field by running the ball? And I don't blame Kyle Shanahan for that. And Kyle Shanahan will absolutely run the same play over and over and over again if the defense can't stop that play. I would too. That is smart coaching. That is smart NFL coaching. Uh, If they can't stop it, keep running it until they can. Okay? But there's a couple of things with Jimmy. Jimmy does throw too many interceptions. Okay? In, in his Super Bowl season, he went 27 TDs, 13 picks. Now, there was a time when 13 picks, frankly, would have been good. But this is not that time. That number needs to be down in the single-digit range. In today's NFL, it needs to be down in the single-digit range. In an offense like Kyle Shanahan runs, in an offense like Josh McDaniels runs, It needs to be down in the single digits. Now, look, Tom Brady threw double-digit interceptions last year. But he's playing in Bruce Arians' no-risk-it-no-biscuit offense in which you do seven-step drops and you throw the ball 30 and 40 yards down the field. Yeah, you're going to have more interceptions in that offense than you will in an offense like Kyle Shanahan's or Josh McDaniels, and they don't run the same kind of offense, but it's an offense where, generally speaking, the quarterback takes care of the ball better. That is an issue for Jimmy. Uh, The other issue, and it's the biggest issue, is injuries. And because Jimmy Garoppolo cannot stay on the field, that is Jimmy's problem. Because he cannot stay on the field, That is why they drafted Trey Lance, okay? Um, He's lost some of his mobility because of that knee injury. Now when he does rollouts and bootlegs, much in the same way I was talking about Baker Mayfield uh, and his rollouts and he can't run away from anybody. You know, a lot of people think uh, Baker Mayfield is fast. He's not. Well, neither is Jimmy G. Now, Jimmy G had some mobility, not 
not to be a running quarterback, but he had some mobility, and he has gotten slower. And he has gotten slower since that knee injury. And um, I think that's hurt Jimmy. Uh, He's lost some time to throw the ball in these rollouts and these bootlegs. And some of these defensive ends, some of these linebackers, are chasing him down sooner now. Okay? Um, I think Jimmy Garoppolo will go on and start for another team. Okay? I don't know who that would be. I have this strange feeling, and I have felt this way for a while, that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to end up being the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans. Um, And I think... Personally speaking, I think that's a perfect spot for Jimmy. Uh, His offensive weapons won't be great, but he's got Nick Casario down there as the general manager of the New England Patriots uh, for the Houston Texans, but he was with the New England Patriots for years and years. And you got Jack Easterby, who was with the Patriots as well, He's kind of the guy that's wrecked the Texans franchise. Well, he's down there as well. So there is a connection that would already be there for uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. And I still have this odd feeling. I mean, I think the David Coley hire is a disaster. And I think you could see a scenario where he he may be a one-and-done coach. And I think you might have a scenario where Jimmy Garoppolo becomes the starting quarterback of the Texans, say, next year or even sometime this year. Um, I could see a scenario where the, the Texans trade Tyrod Taylor, you know, and a third-round pick to the 49ers because it would still give the Niners a viable backup to Trey Lance. And Jimmy G becomes the starting quarterback for the Houston Texans because a report came out yesterday that Deshaun Watson is done. He is done with the Texans. He will not play again. That came from John McClain of the Houston Chronicle. And McClain is as tight in in the NFL as somebody like Florio or Peter King or Adam Schefter, or any of these guys. He just has has done it really and truly, and although John McClain has made plenty of television appearances, um, he just, he, he's not on TV as much, but if you're tied into the NFL, you know how good John McClain is as an NFL insider. So, that is number 16. That is Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes, I think Jimmy Garoppolo, if the circumstances are right, could win a Super Bowl. Again, that team was leading with 10 minutes left, but they were playing Patrick Mahomes. So, and if you're wondering about Deshaun Watson, because you'll listen to this countdown and be like, Deshaun Watson's not on this list. It's because I don't think he'll play this year. And again, I'm only ranking the quarterbacks that I believe will start for their teams. 
And I don't believe Deshaun Watson will start for the Texans because of his issues, his legal issues. Uh, so Tyrod Taylor, in case you're wondering, was number 29 on my list. And you can go back in our podcast feed and find he was a Tier 5 quarterback. You can find that Tier 5 uh, ranking. Okay, number 15, and this is a quarterback that, oddly enough, there are people out there, including Chris Sims, I think they are wildly too high on. Um, There are some things about this quarterback that concerns me. There's no doubt he's got talent. No doubt he's got talent. But I do question where he is right now, currently, as an NFL quarterback for a number of reasons. Number 15, Kyler Murray. I am am shocked, but I'm going to keep it real with you. This is where I feel like people get slightly influenced by the social side of this game, okay? By the by the woke side of this game. I'm not going to get into that on this podcast. But I think that there is some privilege involved here. Just like Tim Tebow, okay? For example, Chris Sims said that Tim Tebow is back with the Jacksonville Jaguars because of white privilege. I think there is an actual agenda when it comes to trying to forcibly elevate some of these black quarterbacks. Okay? And I know that's controversial. I get it. But, and and just to let you know, I mean... I've got plenty of quarterbacks of color on my list and high on my list. If Deshaun Watson wasn't a fuck-up, Deshaun Watson would have been very high on my list. Okay? So I have no issues with color. But I believe he guys like Kyler Murray do get elevated to a point because there is a social agenda behind it. I absolutely believe that. So, Kyler Murray looks good. Okay, he looks good for a young quarterback. He absolutely does. Uh, He's accurate. He's mobile. He's mobile in the way that Russell Wilson was mobile when he came into the league. Um, He throws a pretty good deep ball. Okay. Um, Kyler Murray, I think, has a lot of potential. Could Kyler Murray lead a team or be the quarterback of a good team, good coaching, good defense, good offensive weapons? Could he get a team to the Super Bowl? Yeah, I absolutely believe that, okay? But I've got some real questions about Kyler Murray. Number one... His commitment to football. Frankly, I wonder about Kyler Murray's work ethic. Um, There is still speculation that Kyler Murray is going to flirt and or even play Major League Baseball. He loves baseball. He was drafted, I think, by the Oakland A's, but I'm not entirely sure. I think by the Oakland A's, which is probably going to end up being the Las Vegas A's. 
Uh, I don't know. They're going to move somewhere. Um, I, I he is still flirting with baseball, which to me is always a concern. Also, he didn't show up to some of the minicamp stuff. Okay, he chose not to show up. And he chose to train on his own. I don't love that, to be honest with you. I really don't. Um, I don't love that. I think when you're that young, look, it's one thing for Tom Brady to do it. But it's an entirely different animal for Kyler Murray to not do it. Why? Tom Brady's got the pelts on the wall. He's got the deer heads on the wall. Okay, he's got seven rings that shows you I can forego something like that and get together with my guys and do some seven on seven and some 11 on 11, et cetera, et cetera. Kyler Murray has no pelts of any sort on any wall anywhere. Okay, he needs to be there, particularly when you consider the time lost last year. And I will say this. You know, I've got Tua with the Dolphins pretty low on my list. And I've come out and said I think Tua is probably a bust, which pains me because I loved Tua at Alabama. And But the one thing I haven't considered is the amount of time that was lost last year uh, from no mini camps. Um, no rookie camps and no training camps and no preseason football. I I don't know that I weighed that in enough when talking about Tua because there's word coming out that Tua looks really good. Okay? So, that is a factor here with some of these young quarterbacks. And, for example, in my opinion, Kyler Murray should have looked back and went, you know what, I lost all of that time last year due to the the Wuhan virus, I should be in these camps and with my teammates. Okay. Um, And to be honest with you, I'm a little higher on Cliff Kingsbury than a lot of people are. Uh, So, anyway, they love to kill Kingsbury, but I'm not so so sure. Um, I think there may be a bit of an agenda around all the Cliff Kingsbury hate, too. Uh, So... I kind of keep that in the back of my mind when it comes to uh, some of these people that get dogged out for their coaching. Number 14, Derek Carr of the Las Vegas Raiders. That's right. That's right. Once again, could Derek Carr be the starting quarterback on a team that under the right circumstances could get to a Super Bowl. Yeah, I absolutely think so. Uh, I Personally speaking, I think fans don't give Derek Carr nearly the credit he deserves. Um, and I still don't understand the flirtation by John Gruden with all of these other quarterbacks. I don't. Um, you know, he can he carry a team alone? No. He needs offensive weapons. 
But you can see that when Derek has offensive weapons, Derek can be a monster out there on the field. And he's a fiery kid. Uh, he's accurate. He's got a good arm. He is getting more mobile. I don't know if anybody noticed um, a real increase in mobility. Derek Carr is much more athletic than I think he's been able to show. And they have started incorporating some of that mobility. I suggested that if the Green Bay Packers were going to lose Aaron Rodgers anyway, and Rodgers wanted to go to the Raiders, I suggested the Raiders should make that trade. That Green Bay should make that trade. Okay, because they're getting back a quarterback. They would get back Derek Carr. And with the weapons that are on the Packers team, Derek Carr can win that NFC North division. He can. The Packers would not plummet into obscurity. Because in that division, then you simply have Kirk Cousins versus Derek Carr. Okay, that's very doable. To remain competitive. Absolutely doable for the Green Bay Packers. I, I, Personally speaking, if I was the Packers and I thought, we're losing Rodgers no matter what. And we can get back Derek Carr and a second and a third round pick. Or Derek Carr and another first round pick. I would make that trade if I was the Packers. If you knew you're losing Rodgers. I would make that trade. I really would. Number 13, Lamar Jackson. And I know there are people driving right now. There are people that's going to listen to this list. There's people that are going to start throwing things. There's people that's going to be like, it's SOB, racist, blah, blah, blah. There are going to be people out there that absolutely hear Lamar Jackson, number 13, and think, oh, there's some kind of an agenda behind this. There's not. There's not. I like Lamar. He seems like a really good kid. He's a good quarterback. We're talking about number 13 out of 32 quarterbacks. Okay, but Lamar still got some deficiencies. He does. His numbers on third and six and above and trying to convert are just not good. And that is one of the uh, that is one of the biggest indications of whether or not a quarterback can come through and keep a drive going in the clutch, passing the ball from the pocket. Okay? Uh, I know everybody has kind of gotten skewed by the fact that Patrick Mahomes looks unbelievable and that he's mobile. But Patrick Mahomes is still not a running quarterback. Okay? Patrick Mahomes is a scrambling quarterback, and there is a difference. They don't, they don't really design too many runs for Patrick Mahomes. Is he able to extend a play by getting a seven-yard run on third down? Sure. But Patrick's always looking to throw the ball down the field. 
Um, I understand Lamar Jackson won an MVP. But I'm here to tell you, I believe there was an agenda behind that MVP win. I do. In the same way that they forced an MVP over to Cam Newton. I don't think Cam Newton should have won that MVP. But there was they there was a blatant agenda by the media to try to give Cam Newton an MVP. I think the same thing happened with Lamar Jackson. I truly do. Um, now, I'll tell you this. I think Lamar was more deserving of the MVP than Cam Newton. I mean, I, I, could, say, I could certainly argue that point. Uh, but, again, when he gets... This is all about playoffs. And, of course, if you haven't listened to the, the three prior podcasts associated with this, wins mean everything with me. Okay? Winning, being clutch, means everything. Okay? Yes, arm talent and running around and all this scrambling and all this stuff, being flashy and being cute, that's all well and good. But you got to win. You got to win playoff games. Or there's no point. There's no point. One of the greatest quarterbacks I have ever seen from a talent standpoint, and many of you have never seen him play, and I grew up watching him play his entire career, was Dan Marino. People don't understand. If Dan Marino would have had one ring, one, he would be a top five quarterback ever because of his arm talent. But he never won that. He never won that. And when me and Matrix sets down on live streams, and we've had live streams where quarterbacks in the history of football have become debates, frankly because it makes great live streams and it's fun, but when we get down to that conversation, the one thing that me and Matrix absolutely agrees on is exactly how historically talented Dan Marino was. But he doesn't have that biggest deer head on the wall that biggest pelt hanging on the wall okay so i'm absolutely going to take that into account uh lamar jackson still stands in the pocket and yes he gets through that first and second read but that third and fourth read is still a problem it's still a pull down and run the ball scenario and you gotta be you gotta be more than that. He's got a great deep ball. Of course, he's very mobile. But I'm really concerned about his long term viability. I, I look. I'm not the only one bringing this up. There are more and more questions. Ryan Rosillo questions whether or not Lamar is the guy. John Middlecoff questions whether or not Lamar is the guy ultimately is he going to win it all that's all that's all that matters is he going to win the Super Bowl if he wins the Super Bowl I guarantee you yeah I'll do something ludicrous like Chris Sims and move Lamar Jackson all the way up to five or wherever Chris Sims had him a ridiculous place 
just like Deshaun Watson was in a ridiculous place in that ranking, Watson hasn't won anything. Okay? He hasn't won anything. So, people will be furious. People get triggered over Lamar Jackson. I don't care. I don't care. I think there's real question marks around Lamar. Um, Again, do I think he could? Now, in Lamar's case, I don't think he needs a good defense. I think he needs a great defense. And I think he has to be able to make the Super Bowl and play just the right team. Okay? Um, You know... In one of those odd scenarios where you have one of those odd teams slip into the Super Bowl a la Lovey Smith's Chicago Bears. Do I think in a scenario where Lovey Smith's Chicago Bears make the Super Bowl and Lamar Jackson's on the other side, Lamar could win a Super Bowl? Yeah, I do, because I think he could probably throw up enough points. Maybe, maybe to beat that Bears defense. But there's no guarantee of that either, okay? So, you get my point. You get my point, okay? So, number 12, and this is what will really trigger people because he's just come into the league. Number 12, Joe Burrow. Oh, man. Guys, last year, we got into the league to... Really damn good quarterbacks. Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are going to be provided injuries doesn't sideline these careers. We got two guys. We've got Herbert and Burrow have the potential to be a 12 or 15 year rivalry. Because they came in the league. I mean, we we are we are witness. What did they used to say with LeBron James and the Nike campaign? We are witnesses. Well, now we are witnesses. Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are going to be really good. And frankly, I'm not sure Justin Herbert's not going to be great. Now, we haven't gotten a Justin yet. Because he's quite a bit higher on this list. But, man, these two kids are really good. They are, both of them, top in the top five best rookie quarterbacks I have ever seen. I have ever seen. Neither one of them get frustrated. I mean... Next year, Joe Burrow provided that ACL injury doesn't set him back. Provided that ACL injury doesn't set him back. Joe Burrow could easily be in my tier two next year. Easily. Yeah, easily. Um, he Is he a slight step under... Herbert, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Now, we've got, you know, with Herbert, I think he throws probably a better deep ball. But uh, Joe Burrow is excellent in the short to intermediate passing game. He is really good. 
He's got very good pocket presence. His leadership that he had at LSU seems to have come right in to Cincinnati. Um, look, he's already a better pocket thrower than Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray. That's just a fact. He's better throwing in the pocket. And he's got a little gunslinger in him. Now, look, to be fair, Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray's got some gunslinger. But Joe Burrow has got pocket presence combined with being a gunslinger. And I can't wait to be able to watch this quarterback um, and how his career is going to go. I think, obviously, one of all of our fears is him being in Cincinnati. I think Zach Taylor could be gone after the end of this season, which means Joe Burrow's going to have to work with another offense. Those kind of things kind of worry me when it comes to Joe Burrow. Uh, but, man, he's good. Man, he's good. And what I hope is that he is healthy enough to look really good. And who knows? Maybe he single-handedly saves Zach Taylor's job this year. I think most of us think Zach Taylor's going to be on the chopping block. I don't know. So, number 11. Let's get to what has become a wildly controversial figure all of a sudden in the NFL spectrum of quarterbacks. Kurt, nobody knows if he's vaccinated, Cousins. It is unbelievable. The media fallout. Kurt Cousins is, we have, not a lot of people realize this, we actually have three sports channels. We've got Black and White Sports, which is our main channel on YouTube. And then we got Black and White Live, which is also a sports channel, but it's more of a less controversial issues and more of a stick to sports. Well, we have covered these vaccine issues on Black and White Live because there's a competitive influence around the vaccines and whether or not the players will be available to play. Okay? Well, Kirk Cousins is single-handedly blowing that channel up for us. Our secondary channel. Our little, small secondary channel. I think we've got 180,000 views on that channel in the last seven days. And Kirk Cousins is a big reason why. And all the, uh, all the, the controversy around him and the vaccine. Well, we're not here to talk about that. But... It is something that has to be brought up, or I would be uh, irresponsible in doing this if I didn't mention that. Uh, so, and look, I'm not going to hold that against him. I'm not. We've said on, on every video we do, mainly as a CYA to YouTube, we've said if you choose to get the vaccine, great. If you choose not to get the vaccine, great. That is up to you. It is your choice. Okay? Your body, your choice. Uh, so, Kirk Cousins, number 11. That's right. I think Kirk Cousins is wildly unappreciated. I do. Uh, he's 
Look, Kirk Cousins is accurate. He's steady. Uh, of course, and look, he he start he started breaking some narratives. One of the narratives that he started breaking was uh, getting better in the fourth quarter. Okay, getting better in the fourth quarter. He's 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 shown a little bit of clutchness, but that's still in question. Okay. The other thing that hurts Kirk Cousins is he does not have a cannon. Okay, he does not have a cannon for an arm. He's got an okay arm. An okay arm. But it is no cannon. It's not even a strong arm. Okay? And and that look, that that has hurt Kurt, okay? Uh some of his deep ball throwing that has hurt Kurt. But he has gotten better at it. He has. And I know people are like, you'll never win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins. Are we sure? Are we sure about that? If Minnesota ends up having a top five defense and with those weapons on the team, do we believe that Kirk Cousins is not capable of literally playing in a Super Bowl and pulling off a win? Now, do I think Kirk Cousins would go out there and beat Patrick Mahomes? Probably not. Probably not. But do I think Kirk Cousins could theoretically uh, win a showdown with Tom Brady? Maybe. Maybe in a playoff game, depending on how Tampa Bay's defense plays. You know, I think the problem with Patrick Mahomes is... When you play him, it's such a wild card scenario because, you know, after seeing him come back against the 49ers, who had a really good defense in 2019 when they won the Super, when they went to the Super Bowl, you know, somebody like Patrick is such a wild card. Okay. Um, so, do I think you could get there if your defense is really good and your offensive weapons are really good? Yeah, I think Kirk Cousins could get you to the Super Bowl and maybe win it, depending on the the team you end up playing. Minnesota draws the Ravens. Yeah, I could see them win that game. I could. You know, of course. You know that you know something strange happens, and uh, you know uh, the L.A. Chargers make it in against Minnesota. Could Kirk Cousins win that game? Sure. Sure. But I think there's also probably some elite teams that nobody's beating out there, okay? Or some elite quarterbacks that not a lot of people are going to beat, okay? That that these guys in Tier 3 are probably not going to beat. They could beat the hell out of each other, you know? Um and we'll get to one of the quarterbacks I believe that everybody is going to run into and everybody's going to have issues with. Number 10, Ryan Tannehill. God, Miami. For full disclosure, I have been a Ryan Tannehill fan since he was drafted. And I have been kicking and screaming all these years 
that the Dolphins had a franchise quarterback. You've got a franchise quarterback. Quit complaining. You've got a franchise quarterback. His name is Ryan Tannehill. And yes, he can't stay on the field because he keeps getting injured. And on top of it, you gave him the dumpster fire known as Adam Gase as a coach. And of course, Gase, Gase got rid of him. I, I'm not sure that Miami... I'm not sure Miami will ever get past what they did here. Um, I'm shocked Miami fans don't make this more of an issue. I would be furious. Why? And, and look, you could see this scenario play out with Jimmy Garoppolo. San Francisco could let him go. And and he's going to go to another team that's good. Like Tannehill went to the Tennessee Titans. That's good. And next thing you know, the team is going to live in the AFC Championship game. Or in the divisional round of the playoffs. Ryan Tannehill's a good quarterback. He's a franchise quarterback. There's no doubt about it. And Miami let him go. The team that hasn't had a franchise quarterback in forever had one, and they chose to let him go. You look at his statistics, it's clear. Miami didn't know what to do with Ryan Tannehill. And then, of course, of course, you combine that with the injuries, and, you know, Tannehill looked like a liability, I guess, to Miami. I don't know. I, if I was a Finns fan and watching Ryan Tannehill play for Tennessee, I would hit myself in the face over and over again. Just punch myself silly in the face. Tannehill is mobile. He is one of the best, absolute best, accurate deep ball passers in the league. He's hungry to win. If he stays healthy, which he has shown he he now can do for two seasons, Ryan Tannehill has stayed healthy. Kid's got a good head on his shoulders. If he stays healthy, you win games. You win games. And yes, you can win games in the playoffs. And that team loves Ryan Tannehill's leadership. They love him. But is he a, an elite quarterback? No. But he is what you, when When you say, I need a good franchise quarterback that can get us in the playoffs and keep us competitive every year, right next to that is a picture of Ryan Tannehill. That is what he is. That is what he is. Miami had him. They let him go. And it has completely blown up in their face. I I think Ryan Tannehill is wildly underappreciated. Now, I'll give Chris Sims credit. He's pretty high on Tannehill, too. I think he had him 10th, 10th 11th, 12th, something like that. Uh, and Tannehill deserves to be there. He does. People forget, uh, Tannehill's very athletic. He was a wide receiver for a time at Texas A&M. And that's where he came out of. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I think there was a big mistake from the Miami Dolphins. And, you know, if, if somebody told me, hey, you can have Tannehill in San Francisco, I'd be like, bring him on. Bring him on. Isn't that Kyle Shanahan offense? Now, see, to me, uh, Tannehill probably fits a little better than Garoppolo. But I think, again, 49ers better be sure. You better be sure because if Jimmy G goes to the Texans, or let's say Mac Jones doesn't work out for New England, he ends up back in New England or wherever. Look, Brian Flores was with the Patriots. You can draw a line from Jimmy G to Miami. Watch out, because if Jimmy G stays healthy, he's going to win 11, 12, 13 games. And and you will have given up on him because of injuries. you got to be careful. you got to be careful if you're the 49ers. The one year that Jimmy G was healthy, you went to the Super Bowl. Same thing with Ryan Tannehill. Give up on a quarterback because he's injured. You better be careful. Now, the next quarterback on my list is somebody I've got to toot my own horn about because I watched him play extensively in the SEC in college, and I loved him. And my wife at the time, who I've now shit-canned and have replaced with a much more wonderful lady, no offense to the ex-wife, but at least for my life, a much more wonderful lady. Absolutely, I was this. I was high on this guy. I thought the NFL was not taking enough note of this guy in uh, college. I thought he had a really good NFL build to him. He's thick in the legs. He's thick in the upper body. He's accurate. And then the Senior Bowl came around. And I watched him go out there and run NFL concepts with absolutely no issues. And I said then, my God, will the 49ers draft this kid. He can start and be a good starter in the NFL. And well, he just landed a massive contract. Number nine, Dak Prescott. Dallas Cowboys. Um, now, I will say this. There is one thing that bugs me about Dak. And I'm not saying every quarterback needs to be Tom Brady. But I'm shocked how many quarterbacks do not follow the Tom Brady um, example. I'm just shocked by it. I'm just shocked that Dak Prescott felt like he needed that kind of a contract. It drives me nuts that that Dak Prescott would not have taken twenty eight million a year and understand that that money can go to building a better team around you. And you are the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. America's team, you're the quarterback of. 
you can make so much more back-end money because you're a Dallas Cowboys quarterback. You've got these endorsement deals, Campbell Soup. But instead, you hung your team for $40 million a year. And also, and I don't know what it is. This has just come about in the last year. Dak seems to have lost a little bit of his humbleness, okay? And and that and that drives me nuts because one of my pros on, under Dak on my list is attitude. Great attitude. And of course, I've had this list made for about 2 months now. Well, the Dallas Cowboys the other day played in the Hall of Fame game against the Steelers. And they interviewed Dak, Fox did, uh, during halftime. And Dak Prescott's attitude sucked. His attitude was terrible. He was borderline rude with the guys. And I don't know why. He didn't want to talk about his shoulder. He didn't even want to talk about his ankle. Dak, that's a story. You're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Your ankle and your shoulder is a story. And talking to the media is part of your gig. And it's the first time... I've really seen him be shitty to the media. And I want to say, look, I'm not big fans of the media, but look, the guys on the Fox uh, pregame show, the, the, the A-listers, Strahan and, and, and Terry and Howie and Jimmy, those are good guys. They never have any attitudes. Their attitudes are great. They're great with players, and Dak was shitty to them, and I don't understand that, and I'm shocked, and probably if I just saw that interview, I I don't know that I could have dropped Dak on my list. I've been so high on this kid, and one of the things I got listed is great attitude and great quarterback makeup, but between taking the big contract and what I saw the other day, I'm really wondering what's going on with Dak. Uh, but I've got him number nine. Um, a couple of things that one of the big things that bothers me about Dak is Dak puts up a lot of garbage stats. He does. He puts up a hell of a lot of stats. When the Cowboys are down by 25, he's going to go out and throw for 250 yards and two touchdowns or three touchdowns and get them within 10 points. And then lose. He's got a lot of those kinds of stats. Or, or they're leading by 20. And he throws two or three more touchdowns. And throws 200 more yards. Dak doesn't have a ton of heat of the moment, close game, great performances. He doesn't. Again, I think he's absolutely good franchise quarterback do I think the Cowboys should look to get rid of Dak no these Cowboys fans that are calling for you to look somewhere else for a starting quarterback you're out of your mind you can win a Super Bowl with Dak I believe it but you got to have the things around him to do it and most notably the Cowboys have got to get that defense fixed that defense is hard It's terrible. It's all-time putrid. 
It's dog shit. But do I think they're going to play better under Dan Quinn? Yeah. Yeah, Mike Nolan was – he was in over his head. Mike Nolan was a good defensive coordinator 20 years ago. But his schemes have not caught up to where the league is currently. Okay. Uh, so I know that's kind of a, a, a rant. Look, Dak's got a good arm. Not a great arm, but he's accurate. And being accurate, frankly, is is big for me. Okay? That's why Dak is number nine, is because he is so accurate. And he seems like, for the most part, he's got a good head on his shoulders. And he's mobile from the standpoint of he's good on bootlegs, he's good on rollouts. He can get three or four yards pulling the ball down and getting a, a first down or seven or eight if he needs to extend a play. But you got to be careful with just like what happened with Jimmy G. How much of his mobility is he going to lose? You know, because frankly, his injury was much worse. His injury was worse than an ACL. Okay. His injury was, was, not in the ballpark of Alex Smith's injury, but it was in the parking lot of the ballpark waiting to get in. It was bad. It was one of the worst injuries I've ever seen during a game live. I was like, oh, no. I mean, there was part of me that was like, you know, and Alex Smith reached out to him. I love Alex Smith, by the way. But Alex Smith reached out to him and talked to him about that ankle injury. I trust Jerry Jones. I like Jerry Jones. I think Jerry Jones likes Dak a lot. But do I think maybe they did re-sign Dak because they realize our options are just limited on the quarterback market um, yeah, I, I think that was part of it. Um, do I think if you ask the Cowboys, you know, when I look at my list, and of course it's going to be the next podcast, but when I look at my list of quarterbacks that are ahead of Dak, I think if you gave the Cowboys the option to take any of those eight remaining quarterbacks, they would take them all. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, there's a couple of them on there, and because of their age, they might consider passing. But for one or two years only, do I think they would rather have one of these other quarterbacks that I have ahead of Dak? Yeah, yeah, I think they probably would if you gave the Cowboys truth serum. You know, and... I know you may be like, damn, you got Dak at nine, but you're kind of hammering Dak. Well, like I said, uh, I'm questioning some things lately, okay? Um, I was really high. It's kind of weird. All the reasons I was high on Dak, um, good physical tools, great attitude, blah, 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 but he's kind of starting, you know, if, if... if his attitude was something that could be tarnished, 
it's starting to just be slightly tarnished. Okay. And so that's why it probably seems like I'm a little down on Dak right now. But again, with a really good defense and great offensive weapons, could Dak win a Super Bowl? Yeah, I do believe it. I do believe it. And if you're Cowboys fans, I wouldn't I wouldn't worry about finding another franchise quarterback. You've got one. You've got one. You know, it, it, these guys that are uh, especially from uh, 14 on down, I don't think you should be worried. If you're a fan of these teams, I don't think you should be worried. Now, if I am a fan of, uh, if I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan, would I be concerned that Minnesota will pull the trigger on replacing Kirk Cousins too soon? Yeah, I'd be concerned about that. Kellen Mond is sitting there, and I know they're high on him. You know, guys, we've got a scenario playing out in the NFL where potentially Patrick Mahomes' success could end up screwing up a lot of franchises. Because all these franchises want the next Patrick Mahomes. The Bears, they draft Justin Fields. I've got Justin Fields number 32 on this list, the last quarterback. You got the 49ers walking away from Jimmy G for Trey Lance. Oh, because he's supposed to have a big arm and he's he's mobile. You've got you've got the Packers that reached out and drafted Jordan Love and pissed off Aaron Rodgers. Because, oh, we think we've got a big-armed mobile quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. Mm, and then you got the Ravens. They flat-drafted a guy. Lamar Jackson, and yeah, he won the MVP. Mm, but we just don't know now, do we? Kyler Murray, same thing. You've got to wonder if, if, because at the end of the day, last year, you had a what, 42-year-old, was he 43? Pocket presence, pocket awareness, seasoned veteran, Tom Brady go out and win the Super Bowl again. Number seven, again. Oh, but Aaron Rodgers is mobile. Oh, but he's only got one Super Bowl still. You've got a scenario out there where you've got some teams that may have tanked their franchises hoping to get the next Patrick Mahomes. I mean, and don't get me wrong, I think Patrick's going to be, when it's said and done, he's going to be all-time great. And I'm very high, and you'll find out how very high I am on Patrick by the end of this by the end of these these rankings when we're done the only one that i really think got that right absolutely so far is the buffalo bills and josh allen yeah i'm high on josh allen i can guarantee you that absolutely i am high on him not as high as chris sims but i'm high on josh allen i like his character 
We'll get to that. If you're new to Black and White Sports on Podcast, make sure you hit subscribe. I appreciate you sticking with me. It's an hour and eight minutes. Uh, We're getting better at this podcast game when we have to roll into these. Uh, This definitely has went much better than the previous three. Um, Not that those went badly, but um, this, this has gone really well, and I have enjoyed it. Honestly, I would love to do these daily. If I could if I could get it in my time slot, I guess even if I did something like Ross Tucker does where he's 23 minutes of talking NFL, I would love to do that. I love talking about football. Uh I love to watch it, I love to study it. Um I may have to I may have to figure out how to sit down and do 20 or 30 minutes a day on the NFL and, and on the USFL and on the XFL. Um I love football so much I was lo- I was way too locked into the XFL. But it helped our little channel back in the day. It really did. Tell me what you think, black and white sports fans. Again, we've got the NFL over-unders coming. I actually hope to get John Matrix involved in that as a joint podcast. And and we've got the rest, Tier 2 and Tier 1 of these rankings. Who is going to be in the top eight? Peace. I'm out.